0: At Alina Health, it's our mission to provide exceptional care, prevent illness, restore health, and provide comfort to all people in our community. Here's your host, Melanie Cole, with the Wellcast.
1: Robotics and advanced technology are transforming rehabilitation for people with spinal cord injury, stroke, and other neurological conditions. Today, there's hope for a much fuller recovery and a much brighter future. My guests today are two physical therapists from the Courage-Kenny Rehabilitation Institute in Minneapolis to tell us more. Brian Leloup, he's the Director of Subacute Services, and Jeannie Olson, she's a Rehabilitation Services Manager for Activity-Based Locomotor Exercise, Aquatics, and Fitness. Welcome to the show. So, Brian, I'm going to start with you. How are robotics and advanced technology being used in rehab for people with spinal cord injury and using, applying this technology to rehab is it helping to restore things we weren't seeing before?
2: You know, a great question, Melanie. And I think the answer is, the short answer is yes. And and really what it comes down to is, regardless if we're talking about spinal cord injury, if we're talking about just life, um, it is good for people to get up and move. Um, when you have uh, kind of suffered from a spinal cord injury, you enter a period of rehabilitation where you're really looking to maximize your recovery, from that injury. And a huge component of that really becomes how can you get up and get moving. Um, research has been progressing in this field and really been speeding up around the concept of neuroplasticity. So it's not just how do I move kind of given the parts of my body that were uninvolved in the injury, but really how can I help my spinal cord actually change um, function better, and improve below the level where I was injured. And really that's where these advanced technologies and these rehabilitation robotics are coming in. They're allowing um, people that have, have had a spinal cord injury to really maximize and improve their function kind of both right after injury and long term.
1: So Brian, I'm sticking with you for a second. How soon after injury are we talking about? Because we know now that people that have had heart surgery or or a new hip, they get up the same day in some circumstances. So what about somebody with spinal cord injury?
2: And that's really it. I mean, the sooner the better is the answer. Now, obviously, after that type of an injury, there is Normally a period where you're looking at stabilization of the spine, medical stability, those sorts of things. But really, as soon as it is safe uh, and reasonable for an individual to get up and get moving in these devices, we're really initiating it. And what the research is showing is kind of the sooner you can get it initiated, the long-term benefits of that continue to compound on each other.
1: So Jeannie, why is it so important to get moving so quickly? And as, and as Brian said, you know, as long as we're talking about spinal stability and that they can try and move around, what is happening in the body that makes it so important to keep moving as quickly as possible? Yes, yeah, so the, even the
0: general po- population, it's well proven that 150 minutes of aerobic exercise each week is important. For somebody with a spinal cord injury, that can be challenging to be able to achieve that level of exercise. So it's important to get moving quickly and to have the proper sensory cues. For a person with a spinal cord injury, you can um, activate below the level of injury and give feedback to the spinal cord. The spinal cord is smart, and so it will relearn um, the stepping and standing components. Um, The ABLE program with Courage Kenny is part of the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And they have been doing basic science research that has demonstrated a lot of functional quality of life and health improvements um, as a result of this intensive exercise and locomotor training.
1: So, so Jeannie, tell us about some of those functional benefits.
0: Uh, we see people that have been able to uh, reduce the amount of pain medication that they take, um, the amount of medication that they take for their spasticity, um, being able to hold their grandson on their lap for the first time. You know, basic quality of life things that people are able to achieve. Um, When you're able to use a treadmill system, whether it's or a robotic system, to be able to stand, that upright position gives you uh, improvement in your cardiovascular system and also your bowel and bladder function. And as we know, anybody that exercises, um, they can sleep better. Their fatigue is improved, and and their pain can be reduced.
1: So, Brian, if somebody has a spinal cord injury but they still want to get that type of exercise that Jeannie was discussing, how can they use a treadmill or a robotic walking device? Because some of these are so cool. So, explain some of them for us.
2: Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. They're they're very cool, and and I think, frankly, the the future of them are really fun to kind of pay attention to. But right now, there's basically two types. Um, there's, there's a type that's kind of attached to a treadmill. So uh, if you can imagine an individual um, has kind of a glorified uh, climbing hardest, they are attached to some sort of an overhead lift system that allows them to take as much of their body weight as they can, but um, also supports them if they can't support their body weight against gravity, just like being kind of in the, you know in a pool where you're much lighter in a pool, it's the same thing. Um, and then a robotic exoskeleton is basically attached to their trunk and or lower legs. So some kind of a cuff attachment on your thigh and, and lower leg. And basically what happens is uh, as the treadmill moves, the robotic exoskeleton moves, and an individual uh, begins the practice of walking. And, you know, uh, these devices all have different levels of adjustments, but the intent of all of these devices is to get individuals up and moving in an appropriate gait pattern and then, frankly, as able, turn the devices down to allow the individual to as, to do as much of the work, as much of the walking as possible. And that's really where the, the training occurs. So that's kind of one major type of robotic exoskeleton. The other major type that's out there is kind of a freestanding one. And this is the type of device where, again, they attach to an individual's lower legs and trunk, but then they are kind of walking out in the environment. Normally they're using some kind of... Uh, upper extremity device like a walker or forearm crutches for, to aid with balance, but it's the same, um, same idea where this uh, exoskeleton assists the individual in actually taking the steps and um, allows them to get up, get mobile, get the practice, and then depending upon the device, this is, the idea is that you turn, continue to turn that device down to allow the individual to do as much as possible.
1: And Jeannie, do you have something to add about this That with some of the treadmills and how robotic that they are and, and the early recovery process?
0: Yes. Yeah, so the robotic, like the Locomat, for example, can be used even while somebody is still hospitalized and then um, progress to other forms. So the treadmill that we use in the ABLE program, it has a harness that like Brian just described, but then we have staff that do specific cues to the legs that give feedback up the spinal cord and then somebody is supporting their, their trunk and somebody else is c- controlling the body weight support with the system. All of this is intended to excite the nervous system and to get it charged up to participate in
2: other exercises.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Really amazing bit of technology. And Brian, what other technology and robotics are now being used in rehabilitation?
2: Well, I think probably one of the other Uh, most exciting kind of technology that's being used is really the broad range of electrical stimulation that's being used in rehabilitation, um, which is really kind of uh, allowing individuals to, allowing electrical stimulation to kind of help turn on the muscles that individuals have trouble recruiting. And that can be their leg muscles, that can be their trunk muscles, that can be um, you know, a lot of places are doing direct, uh, implantable devices, but really adjuncting our volitional control of muscles with an outside electrical source and, um, kind of Who's helping. running the
1: outside electrical source? Would that be that's, the patient themselves or is that you physical therapists?
2: That's a great question. Most of these are clinical paradigms to start with. So the physical therapist is doing, or we have, um, as Jeannie mentioned, our, our ABLE programming where the, uh, our ABLE staff are kind of putting them through a protocol and, using these devices. We also um, are seeing a huge kind of change in uh, what we call our functional electrical stimulation cycling programs or bikes, where, again, whether it's in a clinic model where a therapist is doing it or an individual is coming to independently ride, they can come and independently set themselves up, say, with electrodes on their legs, and ride a recumbent bicycle. Um, now, it's a stationary bike, so they're supported, but it still allows them to get all the benefits of you and I going to the gym and riding a recumbent bicycle, so the cardiovascular, the bone density, the bowel, the bladder, the, the, the goodness, if you will, of exercise. Um, but it also has that added benefit of happening below the level of the lesion and really affecting that sensory input um, as part of the recovery. I think the other, the, the other big changes really are this vast array of kind of overhead um, or uh, overhead or ceiling-mounted body weight support system. So um encourage Kenny, we have the, the Vector system, which is a ceiling-mounted system, which, again, allows an individual who can't support all of their body weight right away um, to kind of get up and get moving, and they do as much as they have the ability to do. And the device takes the rest of their body weight, but this is the device that can say, Allow someone to only manage 50% of their body weight. And it's not just about walking, but they can work on their balance. They can work on going from sitting to standing. They can work on going up and down stairs. They can work on getting from the floor up to the ground, or excuse me, from the floor up to standing. So it, this concept, though, this underlying concept that movement is key to recovery. Early initiation of appropriate movement is key to long-term recovery, and the intensity the, the amount of practice that individuals do in these activities is important to recovery. And so these technologies, whether it's the robotic technology, the unweighting technology, the electrical stimulation technology, really allow for that practice to occur. And, you know, it, it is important to call out that it it's applied in a manner that not only allows for practice, but actually allows for stimulation and changes to occur at the nervous system level. So there's one thing to be up and moving, but it's another thing to really change the nervous system and improve the function long term.
1: Yeah, the vector gate and safety systems are so absolutely amazing for people with spinal cord injury. And so Jeannie, last word to you. What would you like people to know about recovery from spinal cord injury or stroke and the Courage Kenny Rehab Institute and how exciting the technologies are nowadays for people that are looking for these new advancements that can help them progress to recovery?
0: Yes, thanks. It's really exciting. All the different advances that have made both in research and technology and the access to we, that we have at Courage Kenny to these devices, it's really hopeful for people with spinal cord injury or other neurological conditions, the progress that they can make and the improvements in their quality of life.
2: And Melanie, I think, I think Jeannie is exactly correct. I mean, what we try to do at Courage Kenny is really match the individual and kind of where they are in their recovery and what they need with the technology um, that can maximize their benefit and with the skilled professional that can kind of help direct that care. And I think that's one of the the exciting components is really being able to meet individuals where they are um, and help them take the next steps in their recovery.
1: Great. Thank you both so much for being with us today and for giving such great information to our listeners. You're listening to the Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.